Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode 36 of the Off Topical Podcast, and we're back from hiatus. Uh, it's just me today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things, including Microsoft and Sony's cloud gaming deal, Purism's launch of Librem 1, and some of the missteps and hiccups along the way. We're going to talk about the photos that have leaked from the set of Star Trek Picard, and so much more. All this and more today. First up, Microsoft and Sony announced their cloud gaming deal. So what does this actually mean for end users and uh, and the future of Xbox hardware? I mean, consumer-facing hardware, I don't know if that's something that Microsoft's going to do in a generation or two. Uh, they seem to be moving towards a more abstract um, kind of cloud-based platform. And honestly, you know, when you consider the fact that Google is launching Stadia soon and the fact that Microsoft has uh, made deals to put Xbox Live on the Nintendo Switch, it starts to build a picture about Microsoft uh, wanting to move towards putting their IP and their games on other platforms and maybe taking Xbox and turning it into more of a services platform than a uh, than a hardware platform. Um, it would make sense. I mean, especially when you consider that the Xbox One was pretty much a failure um, selling half as many consoles as the PlayStation 4. So you see all these things, uh, all these different disparate facts, and you have to wonder why Microsoft is is trying to build bridges with Sony, who is their number one competitor and who really ate their lunch when it came to uh, hardware sales in this current uh, video game console generation. Uh, Microsoft and Sony say that the two companies, quote, will explore joint development on future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their uh, respective game and content streaming services. But you have to wonder, given the fact that Xbox Live is probably coming to the Switch, uh, you have to wonder if Xbox Live is coming to the PlayStation 4 or maybe the PlayStation 5. And maybe Microsoft's content and their games and their intellectual property is going to be uh, hanging out alongside uh, Uncharted, <laughs> God of War, and, and all that stuff. It's a fascinating time that we live in, and I and Microsoft has been building bridges and has been like putting themselves out there at, and b trying to cooperate more with other platform holders. And you have to wonder to yourself why that is. Definitely, something like Microsoft Azure is is just as much about uh, vendor lock in uh, as it is about. Um, you know, enhancing the quality of, of cloud-based gaming. But um, I wonder if it's more than that. I wonder if they're trying to move the Xbox brand towards cloud-based software as a service or games as a service rather than having, you know, their content exclusive to a singular platform that they control. Uh, maybe maybe Xbox becomes a cloud-based platform to compete with the likes of Stadia. Uh, I don't know, but this is quite an interesting uh, topic, and I would love to know what you guys think. Uh, hit me up on uh, hit me up on the forums, forum.heavyelement.io, or send us an email, show at offtopical.net.
So Purism launched a Librem One uh, ethical services with a few missteps, but they hit their backer goal anyway. So Librem One is uh, an interesting concept. It's ethical services that uh, are aimed to compete with the likes of like Google Hangouts and uh, Google Plus and Facebook and Instagram and uh, Gmail and other services like that. Um, basically, what they include is Librem Chat, which is an Android and iOS app that's that connects to the matrix uh federated chat network they also have librem social which is a mastodon instance and we will get to that in a moment um librem mail and librem tunnel now librem chat and librem social are free you can create an account uh for free over on their on their uh on their crowdfunding uh kickstart page and uh, what that does is it lets you access Matrix with an at Librem1.social or with an at Librem.1 account as well as uh, an at Librem.1 social account. So basically you have a Mastodon and a Matrix account that are Librem1 branded. And that's pretty cool. I mean, I actually own a, a dot one a domain and i think that dot one is actually a really cool uh domain extension or top level domain so um yeah it's super cool but what they are selling is uh is actually a pgp protected email account uh at libram dot one and um a vpn service and that's really where they aim to uh make money here a lot of people had uh I saw a not insignificant number of people who <laughs> took exception with the fact that the software on offer here are basically just rebranded forks of existing open source projects. And I've never seen so many people freaking the hell out about forking open source software. But when Purism does it, for some reason, people get all uh, hot and bothered under the collar. Purism isn't selling this software. They're not. What they're selling are the services of the VPN and the email service. They're not selling Librem Chat, Librem Social, Librem Mail, or Librem Tunnel software. That's all free and open source, and you can go download it from their uh, GitLab, I think. I think they use GitLab. The fact is, man, this is not something to be freaking out about. They're providing services that are ethical that maintain your freedom and your privacy. And there's no reason to freak out. Now, some people uh, did have an issue, a legitimate gripe about the fact that uh, Librem Social is somewhat of a neutered Mastodon experience. Um, and I can definitely see that, especially given the silence of the, of the Librem team about why they removed the uh, the federated features or some of the federated features from the from their mastodon instance like the global timeline i'm not sure why they did that uh it's interesting to me that they would do something like that um and other people have uh raised concerns about the uh the community guidelines when it comes to Librem Social, I'm not worried about that. It's important to have rules that people abide by on services like Librem Social. And um, if you guys have an issue with that, go find an anarchist server, please. Because, you know, 
there are options out there for people who want complete and unfettered anarchy. Uh, I personally believe that uh, it's important to have rules and it's important to enforce rules and to make sure that uh, if people aren't abiding by the rules, they get kicked off whatever platform it is. And it's one thing to, uh, to censor speech, but it's another thing completely to, uh, to say that people have a, have a right to use a privately held network infrastructure to harass folks i mean while you might have the right to harass someone under the uh under the first amendment of the constitution of the united states you definitely don't have the right to violate the rules of a community in order to uh to to carry out your harassment or whatever it might be um so i'm not too concerned about the fact that they're uh having rules <laughs> on uh, on Libram social uh, I, but I'd like to know what you guys think. What do you think about the fact that, uh, their Mastodon instance is missing a couple features? What do you think about the fact that they're selling a service, uh, and it includes open source software? Let me know uh, on the forums, forum.heavyelement.io, or you can hit up, or you can hit me up on Twitter or Mastodon. I'm on Twitter. I'm at the Linux gamer and on Mastodon, I'm at G Bryant at Librem.1. Okay, now we have some uh, very interesting leaks. I am, uh, I hope it's no secret that I am a Star Trek fan. Star Trek uh, is one of my favorite things in the entire world. In, in chronological order, in list of importance uh, to my personal life, I believe that Star Trek takes the number one spot of the most important things that I have ever enjoyed followed quickly by video games, Linux, and uh, what would come after that? Nextcloud, probably. I love Nextcloud. So the fact that uh, a couple months ago, Star Trek producers at CBS announced that there was going to be a new Star Trek series on, uh, on Star uh, CBS All Access, and it was going to be about Captain Picard uh, 25 years after uh, Star Trek Nemesis, Oh boy, did that get me excited. Now, I'm not one of these uh, guys who is all about hate, right? While I don't particularly like some of the creative choices that were made uh, with Star Trek Discovery, I actually quite enjoy much of the series, even when it doesn't feel like Star Trek to me. It, it's an interesting uh, take on the Star Trek formula, uh, and it's a show that's about... Uh, a singular character rather than the ensemble, which is a, is a bold departure from Star Trek of uh, yore. Um, the fact is, I enjoy Star Trek Discovery, and I think that it's uh, perfectly fine that uh, there are new people in charge of Star Trek. <laughs> That's just a fact, all right? Star Trek is a, is a great show. Uh, it has even even when uh, Star Trek Discovery doesn't feel particularly Star Trek, it does have something to say about morality and it works as a morality play. And I've enjoyed it. And the fact that we're going to be getting Star Trek Picard makes me super stoked. Now, it is going to be done with the same uh, people or some of the same people who have been doing Star Trek Discovery, especially for season two. Um, but it's going to have frickin Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, and uh, it's going to have Patrick Stewart reprising his role as Captain Picard. And uh, 
I am super excited to see where this goes. So personally, what I'd like to see and what I think might be the case is that uh, Captain Picard is no longer a captain. I would be uh, surprised if he's still an officer in Starfleet. Instead, I think he might be um, taking some time and uh, working on the family vineyard. And maybe he is going to be uh, a professor at Starfleet Academy. Maybe something to do with diplomacy. Maybe something to do with archaeology, which we've seen time and time again how much he loves archaeology. I mean, it came to the point where... uh, he was tempted to leave his position as captain of the Enterprise to go on an expedition, an archaeology expedition. I mean, that's how much he loves this kind of stuff. And he has, uh, and after he was assimilated and returned to uh, uh, Picard status uh, in uh, Best of Both Worlds Part Two, he said, uh, you know, he he was very tempted. We saw him tempted to uh, to leave his position in Starfleet to assume a, a civilian role in the Atlantis project and so and so I think all of that really speaks to his character that he doesn't care too much to become an admiral it's not in his it's 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 not part of his ambition it's not who he is he doesn't want to be an admiral he doesn't want to sit on earth and and make uh, these broad decisions he wants to be in the field and exploring Right. And so I think that Captain Picard or, you know, Picard at this point uh, is is retired from Starfleet. I think that he's probably going to uh, be a professor of some kind and he's going to be teaching at Starfleet Academy. And that also means that he might be in the field doing archaeology. Um, and then all of a sudden, I think Worf is going to come along. As we saw at the end of uh, the series in All Good Things, Worf uh, is a governor uh, on Kronos, right? Um, or maybe an outlying planet. I can't remember exactly. But Worf, I think, comes along and is very concerned about the fact that the Klingon Council uh, has uh, decided that now is the time to wipe out their enemy from the face of the galaxy. And so there is this brewing sentiment about Romulan uh, refugees need to be eliminated. And that's, uh, I think that might be where the Klingons and uh, where Picard comes in because Picard has been an, a major influence on the Klingons for ta- since time immemorial. Since we've seen Picard as a character, he has had impl- uh, influence on the Klingon High Council. And so... I mean, he he was one of the major players to get Gowron as the chancellor of the of the of the High Council. So, I think what's going to happen is uh, the Romulans are going to have had their planet destroyed, and there's a growing sect of violence and people who are angry Romulans who are angry that Starfleet didn't help in the way they said they were going to help uh, protecting their planet from being destroyed. So there's growing violence and anxiety amongst uh, a population of Romulans who are now refugees because they don't have a home planet anymore. They don't have a home world anymore. And the Klingons are going to be uh, very anxious about the fact that Romulans are homeless and they are refugees from their planet. So the Klingons are probably going to uh, start stoking fears and, and uh, just being violent towards Romulan refugees. Um, this is 
this is where I think this this show is going to start, and uh, I don't know where we're going to end up. I think Picard and and probably Worf are going to be major players in resolving this conflict between the Klingons and the Romulans. Um, but now let's talk about the leaked images that appeared online, um, because these are very interesting uh, photos. Now they're very poor quality, like. Uh, I mean, this looks like, you know, a four megapixel camera I had in like 2003. Um, so whoever took these photos, get a better camera, my friend. But it's I'm glad that we have them. <laughs> I'm glad that we have them. So so what we're looking at is a photo of Picard. Uh, and, and this is looking kind of down on um, on the set. And we can see a palm tree on the right side. This is just so that you guys know. If you want to see these photos, take a look at uh, forum.heavyelement.io in the show notes. Um, we'll have a link to these photos there. All right. First, I want to talk about the um, where we are. Uh, I think that um, we are probably... I think that we're on Earth. Uh, we're at Starfleet Academy, I believe. Um, but we see Captain Picard. We see uh, someone dressed in... Uh, in like a trench coat with a metal helmet on and personally i think that that looks kind of like the klingon helmet in the jj verse okay so um if you look at the kelvin timeline klingons they all wear metal helmets and i think that that's what this is this is a klingon who uh is delivering a message from Worf about the growing unease and the growing um, sentiment of violence towards Romulan refugees. And I think that he's walking away after delivering something, uh, probably a message from Worf to uh, Mr. Picard here. Um, you can also see in this photo that there are tons of civilians and also um, Starfleet officers. I think that they're cadets. Uh, if you look at the way their uniforms appear, they have a colored collar, uh, which, you know, uh, the the officers in Starfleet uh, who had similar uniforms in, in Deep Space Nine and in Voyager had a black collar with a colored shoulder. These guys have um, a colored collar and a colored shoulder. And I think that that means that these guys are Starfleet cadets. Um it's also been pointed out that there's a guy in shadows um, just uh, north and to the left of of the guy that's walking away from Picard. And uh, it looks like uh, he has on a DS9 Star Trek Nemesis type uh, gray top. Um, so he might be an officer where the rest of these guys are cadets. Um on the left side of the picture, there's a, a an alien-looking creature with a dark, almost black head. With a dark and almost black head. But we only see them from behind, and it looks like a female. And some people have said that that is a um, Star Trek Discovery-style Klingon. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think if we see Klingons... Um, and if we see Worf specifically, as I believe we will, uh, I think it's going to be hard to reconcile Worf changing uh, his appearance between then, between like TOS era movies uh, or between TNG era movies and now. Um, but I also think it would be hard to reconcile the fact that Worf looks like Worf and, Kling and other Klingons look like other Klingons. Now, 
maybe the genetic mutation thing uh explanation that they have from the tos era to the tng era um means that there are klingons that look super alien and also klingons that look like the next generation aliens i don't know we'll see what happens um but uh, i think that it's fascinating i think that this looks really nice i like the the design and the colors of the starfleet uniforms um and i really think that uh these guys are cadets and we're because picard himself is dressed in just like a gray a brown jacket and uh like khaki pants he's not in a starfleet uniform and that makes me believe that he has gone to civilian life um other photos that have leaked from the set uh dis- show the front of the uniform and show the com badges and i think from this perspective and from what we're seeing here in these leaked photos the com badges look comically oversized to me <laughs> they don't look like uh combat sizes from the next generation or deep space nine era um they look much larger i mean like one and a half times the size of you know combat that we're used to um we also see that uh the insignia the rank pips that are typically on the collar in uh in deep space nine and voyager era have been moved to what appears to be the breast area um opposite of the com badge i think that that makes a little bit more sense just from a usefulness standpoint um you know in universe usefulness um and if we look at uh, a different photo here this this one is looking straight on uh in this in more or less the center we see uh what appears to be the same character from the other photo walking away from picard um whom we don't actually see in this photo um i think that that is more evidence that this looks like a klingon warrior in a warrior's helmet um i think that he is a klingon warrior walking away from captain uh from mr picard we're going to call him um other things that i notice in this uh image is that we see the anaheim convention center behind uh this group of actors um and we also see here as well um multiple uh, people we also see multiple civilians as well as starfleet officers and notably we don't see a starfleet officer with the with the gray top uh so this is just interesting i'm very uh, excited to see the context of this in the show. Um, now, if the Klingons do look like Discovery-style Klingons rather than Next Generation-style Klingons, um, that would be interesting. It would be an interesting retcon, and honestly, I'd be fine with it, right? If Worf does appear and he looks different, I would be less fine with that, but I really don't care because Star Trek reimagines the klingons all the time okay i don't care about the the look of it as long as the style as long as the show feels like star trek that's really what it is i mean if you if you compare next generation if you if you compare tos era klingons to uh if you compare like the original series era klingons to the uh original series movies klingons they don't look the same. I mean, General Clang doesn't... I mean, honestly, they don't look the same because they didn't have the budget back in, in, in the original series era to make Klingons look, you know, 
super alien. And so when we come to the the TOS movies, we see General Klang. And honestly, General Klang, I think, looks more like Discovery era Klingons than uh, he does like the Next Generation era Klingons. I really do. I have no problem with the way the, the Discovery Klingons look. I have no problem with it at all. So whatever dude it's a work of fiction and i want the storytellers to tell a good star trek story i don't care that if it looks uh if there's a consistency between the uh, the look or not that's not a problem to me i think that the discovery era klingons actually look pretty good pretty good <laughs> so whatever i mean this is it's fun it's speculation time i i absolutely am uh stoked beyond belief for Star Trek Picard, uh, not a huge fan of the uh, of the logo that they released. Um, it's pretty bland, honestly. And uh, the fact that they're using the exact same Star Trek uh, that they've been using, like the exact same Star Trek font face and style since they've used it in Star Trek 2009. Come on, we can do better than that. Next Generation was a different tack completely on that. So I think we should go uh, somewhere in between. No, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the way the Next Generation logo looks either. So if we can get something that's halfway in between, meet somewhere in the middle, use a new font face because Star Trek is Star Trek, but the font face is kind of getting old at this point. Anyway, these are just some of my thoughts and my nitpicks. I want to know what you guys think. Are you excited for this take on uh, Jean-Luc Picard, let me know on the forums, forum.heavyelement.io, or hit me up on uh, on Twitter, at the Linux Gamer, or at, on Mastodon, uh, at gbryant at Libram.1. And finally, I wanted to answer a listener question uh, to round out this episode. Uh, this one comes in uh, from the emails, showitofftopical.net, and this is from Ace the Dolphin Guy. And Ace asks, uh, hey Gardner, and hopefully Raven, sorry Raven, uh, Raven's not here today. Uh, my question is, what do you think about PayPal and online payments? Uh, I feel that PayPal is asking uh, far too much personal details, such as social security numbers, photo IDs, and legal names. I personally don't like using my real name anywhere online. I was wondering what you guys thought of this and if the use of PayPal or some other online platform, uh, and if you use PayPal or some other form of online payment that is more open source. Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, personally, I don't like the idea of, of giving out my social security number, photo IDs, legal names, and all that stuff online. I, that's not something that I like to do. Um, however, I do believe that uh, law enforcement is important, and there are things that are financial crimes that uh, I think that you know it's required for these kind of companies to uh, to collect that information about about you. Um, I personally uh, have no reason to trust PayPal. Um, I think that they probably. I, they, they collect information about you. They're also behind Venmo, I believe. I could be wrong about that. Let me let me double check that. <laughs> yeah, they're they're owned by Venmo is owned by PayPal. Um, Venmo has had some incredibly uh, weird design decisions that are violating of people's uh, privacy, which I don't like. Um, 
However, I think that um, PayPal on the whole, because they're a financial service, um, they actually do have to collect that information. I think that it's uh, more or less okay for them to do that. Uh, they're, they're legally obligated to do that. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Um, I use PayPal, um, for transactions on eBay because I don't use Amazon and I don't ever want to give out my credit card to more than, you know, a single entity. <laughs> I feel like they do a pretty good job with security. I've never, I haven't heard a whole lot of, uh, problems, but again, you know, I don't follow this kind of stuff religiously. Um, I would be interested to know of uh, a more open source alternative to PayPal. I think that that would be great. Um, but the problem then would be adoption. Like what uh, companies are actually uh, supporting the use of this alternative to PayPal. Um, I don't like the idea of Google payments or Amazon payments, or I have a hard time trusting Bitcoin, honestly. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, you know, I do have a Bitcoin account. I do have a, uh, a couple other, uh, crypto accounts like, uh, oh, what's that other one that I have? The one that Brave does. And I have an LBRY wallet as well. But yeah, I mean, I would love to see a, an open source payment processor that also, uh, was widely supported and adopted on other platforms. Um, but yeah, I also have to have a PayPal account because of, uh, well, I used to have to have a PayPal account because that was the only way my MCN would pay out ad revenue. Uh, they, they refused to connect to my bank account for some reason, which is insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would be in favor of moving away from PayPal just because they are so big and they are so ubiquitous and I would rather have an open source alternative. Um, but I don't know what that would look like or if it would even get wide adoption for it to be useful. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think about this question. Are, are you a, a fan of an open source or more open payment platform? Um, let me know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io, or hit me up in an email, show at offtopical.net. And thank you to Ace the Dolphin Guy for the great question. So that's it for this episode of the Off Topical Podcast. I'm really glad to be back. I'm really glad that, uh, you know, you guys missed the show when it was away. Um, I am sorry that Raven wasn't here. I had to get the show done early this morning and uh, I have some obligations that I got to get to and he wasn't available, um, but he will hopefully be back next week. Um, if you believe in the work that uh, we do here on this show, you can support me on Patreon. I'm at uh, the Linux Gamer on Patreon. And yeah, I believe Raven even has a Patreon page. His name is uh, Raven67854. So if you want to support Raven, head over to patreon.com slash Raven67854. Um, this has been the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and let's do this again soon.